Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord, your God, is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Thank you, Staffy. Um, good evening, everyone. My name's Chris. Um, I'm on the staff here. Um, I'm going to be speaking for the next few minutes. And at this church, whenever we come to the Bible, uh, we pray. And so I'm just going to briefly pray for us now. Father God, please show us the good news of Jesus so clearly tonight that you would change our hearts to delight more deeply in you. Amen. Well, soon after I bought my first car, I began to realize that the quality of my driving was quite significantly affected by the sort of music that I was listening to in the car at the time. Uh, Some songs I would just uh, really want to kind of sing along to, I'd get into them, I'd find myself drumming on the steering wheel, singing at the top of my voice, and then I look down and notice I'm a little over the speed limit, um, and other motorists are beginning to look at me weirdly. Um, That's the sort of thing that would uh, happen. Uh, Songs that I really get into, Radioactive by Imagine Dragons, Next Year, One Door Cinema Club. Um, And frankly, I think my insurance should stipulate that I'm not allowed to listen to all those things that I've done by the killers. Uh, That's when things really begin to get quite hairy. Uh, But of course, um, now that I've got a couple of kids, I spend most of my time when I'm driving listening to The Rhyming Rabbit, narrated by David Tennant. Um, It's good for my driving. Not so much for my sanity, but there we go. Um, Some songs just make me want to sing. I really get into them, but there are are other songs, and you'll know this for yourself. There are other songs where you you don't want to sing. You just want everyone to just be quiet. Just turn up the volume. Just listen to this one. Beautiful. Some songs you don't want to sing to. You just want everyone to be silent so that you can absorb the beauty of the song. Now, uh, not everyone here will have the same taste in music as me. Um, I'm guessing you're not all into the killers and Imagine Dragons. Um, Looking at some of you, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Um, But you'll know what I mean. You'll know what I mean. There'll be some songs that for you, you just want to sing along to, the sort of things that you find yourself humming as you walk around. And then there are other songs that just make you fall silent at the beauty of them. Uh, Today, when it comes to searching for songs like that, we are awash with choice. The iTunes store is the biggest music platform in the world today. 26 million songs on the iTunes store. A little bit of math tells me if they are on average three minutes long, and the average is longer, but if they're three minutes long, then to listen to them all, you'd have to listen continuously without going to bed for 148 years. It's a lot of music. Um, Since the invention of the iPod and now the smartphone, we can carry thousands of songs around with us in our pockets. The music industry is worth $15 billion a year. And then there's the resurgence in recent years of musicals in the world of cinema. This year, we've uh, had The Greatest Showman. Uh, In recent years, we've had La La Land and Les Mis. And all of this just goes to prove that we love music. 
And whatever your taste, there will be songs that for you, they just make you so joyful, so joyful you want to sing. And other songs that make you feel so peaceful, you just want to be silent and listen. Joy and peace from songs that make us sing and songs that make us silent. But even with 26 million songs to choose from, here's the problem that we have. What happens when the song is finished? I mean, maybe you play another song, but I mean, when, when you stop playing the music, what happens then? This is what happens. Not bells. <laughs> that was meant to be a, a tense silence, but never mind. When the song's over, we come back down to reality with a bump, don't we? We're enjoying some amazing music this evening, but at the end of our time together, we'll walk out the door and each of us will have to face reality again. It will kick back in. You see, the joy and peace that songs give us are only a momentary reprieve from the problems of life, the sadnesses, the fears, the aching disappointments. For the briefest of moments, we experience this relief from the realities of life, but then it's gone. And the reality kicks back in. When the music's gone, your exams that you're dreading are only closer. When the music's gone, the divorce papers are still on the dining room table. When the music's gone, the diagnosis hasn't. When the music's gone and you get home and you close the front door, it's still just you. Reality hasn't changed, you just forgot about it for a while. You know that feeling? Songs don't give us lasting joy and peace, only a momentary reprieve from reality. But here's the good news, friends. In the mess and the disappointments and the sorrows of life, God doesn't want to give us an escape from reality. He wants to give us a new reality. One that brings lasting joy and peace. And we read about how to get that in Zephaniah chapter 3. That's why we're looking at this tonight. It's on your service sheet. Uh, Grab it if you haven't got it in your hand already. God gives us here a song to make us sing and a song to make us silent. I'm not talking about a literal song. I'm talking about a truth, a truth that brings us joy and peace forever. Let me tell you about the situation that God's people were in as we come to Zephaniah 3. They were in a rubbish situation. As as a nation, they had rejected God. They had turned their back on him and rebelled against his loving rule. And as a result of their own wrongdoing... God's judgment was coming on them in the form of a foreign army. They'd got themselves in a terrible mess, and now they were facing the consequences. Zephaniah was a prophet, someone who spoke from God to God's people, and he came to deliver a message to God's people that they were about to get their comeuppance for turning their backs on God. None of them could cry foul or pretend that it was unjust. They all knew that they had ignored God's rightful rule over them as king. And so God's people, the nation of Israel, as they receive this warning, are left imagining, imagining the judgment coming their way. In their minds, it's as though they can hear the army boots marching closer and closer, getting louder and louder, their imminent end closing in on them. That's the situation God's people are in. But then, into the fear and the panic comes the wonderful message of Zephaniah chapter 3. Just before the verses that Steffi read for us a few minutes ago, we read that there's a group of people, there is a group of people for whom this will not be their end. They are those who trust in the name of the Lord. 
And these people are no longer to hear the approaching sound of marching boots, but instead they're given a song to sing, a song of joy to sing. They're told to sing in verse 14 of Zephaniah 3. Zion, uh, Israel, and Jerusalem are just different names for God's people. Take a look down at verse 14. It says this. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. They're told to sing, but why? Why when there's an army approaching? Because, verse 15, wonderful words. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. He's with you. Never again will you fear any harm. Relief. Joy. For a people facing the destruction of themselves and all they know and love to have their punishment taken away and their enemy turned back, if ever there was something to sing about, it's this. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. If you're wondering what relevance any of this has to us today here in Sheffield, it's this. That joy is what God promises through his messenger Zephaniah to those here, now, tonight who will trust in the name of the Lord. This isn't a history lesson, it's a now lesson. For us, there's no sound of an approaching army coming along forward road, but God's punishment is coming because of our rejection of him. We are guilty of high treason of the highest order. God is our rightful king. He made us and sustains us, and he is the rightful king of our lives. What's more, he's a good, generous, and loving king, and yet we all resist and rebel against him. Isn't that what happens in our society? I mean, be serious for a moment. What does happen in our society? Do we say as a society that the way that we should live, the laws that we make, well, they should be based on things like, well, God says in the Bible that we should make laws like this. So I think, no, 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 of course not. All that matters is what we the people want. Our word is final. Forget God. We are sovereign. But it's not just at the societal level, is it? We so often do this at the individual level as well. When it comes to what we do with our time, our money, what we live for and pursue in life, decisions we make, we do what we want. And what God wants never makes its way into the discussion. We're all guilty of pushing him off the throne of our lives and saying, I'm going to be king here, not God. I'm going to call the shots, not him. That's what the Bible calls sin. It's not so much specific things that we do as it is the attitude towards God those things demonstrate. Sin says, I want shot of God. And the Bible's quite clear that sin leads to punishment. It always leads to punishment, as treason like that only ever could. But Christianity is not a message of despair. It's one of joy and singing. Because wonderfully, verse 15 has been fulfilled. Look down again at verse 15. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. That has been fulfilled because Jesus is God. And he came to be with us. He came to stand alongside us and take away our punishment and turn back our enemy. The Lord came to be with us. One of Jesus' names is Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. He's come to be with us and he took away our punishment when he died on the cross. 
As he was hanging there, he suffered, yes, the physical agony of crucifixion, but also a greater spiritual agony as the punishment of God the Father for the amassed sins of the world came crashing down on him. The Lord has taken away our punishment. How? By taking it upon himself. And in doing so, he has turned back our great enemy of death. As the Bible famously says, the wages of sin is death. Death is the penalty for our high treason against God. But that enemy is now turned back for those who trust in Jesus. Christians still die, but with the promise of resurrection and life. Death can no longer keep hold of a Christian. Jesus says, whoever believes in me will live, even though they die. This is the great gospel song Christians sing about in a thousand different songs. It's the song that stood behind every song that we've sung so far tonight. It means that whatever rubbish is going on in life, I know this one thing, this one thing, I'm right with God. I'm safe with him. And ultimately, I never need fear any harm. It's why we celebrate the cross. Because there Jesus took away our punishment by taking it upon himself. That's the song that makes us sing. But then there's the song that makes us silent. And these are perhaps, I think, some of the most beautiful words in all of the Bible. Because here we discover how God feels towards those who trust in him. Take a look at verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I think many people think of God as just some kind of tyrant in the sky who wants more minions to do his bidding. When in actual fact, the truth is he's a father, head over heels in love with his children. He delights in his children. He's thrilled with them. And he wants them to know it. Sometimes when one of my sons, I've got two young sons, when one of them is upset, all they want is to be held and to be made to feel that they're safe and loved. You rock them, you stroke their hair, maybe you sing them a song, you tell them it's all right, I love you, I'm here. And you begin to see uh, their tears subside, their breathing, it begins to steady. And you can see that they're beginning to feel calm and at peace. It's as though God reaches out to his children in this verse, to those who trust in him, and he says, it's okay. It's okay, daddy's here. You're safe now, I delight in you. And I want to silence your fears with songs of love. That is an extraordinary thought, an extraordinary thought, that God might feel like that about me, that he might delight in me. It's extraordinary because there's nothing inherently delightful about me. When you see a mother holding her baby in her arms, delighting in her baby, what does that baby do in response? They don't kind of pull out a pocket mirror and go, oh, I see what you mean, I am pretty delightful, aren't I? <laughs> what, what do they do? They stare, they stare back adoringly at the one adoring them. And that's how we're to respond to hearing that God delights in us, not by kind of developing pretensions that we're somehow delightful, but rather his delight in us should cause our delight in him. That he would love me Despite my sin, that makes me love him back. 
This, for Christians, is the song that makes us silent. He sings over us, and the beauty of his, his love stuns us to silence. He quiets us with his love. He stills our fears. He gives us peace. Can you begin to sense the sheer peace it would bring to know that you're loved by God your Father like this? Not because he's confused about who you are or he's got you mixed up with someone else, but because you're his child, forgiven and loved. In all the ups and downs of life, to know the unwavering and undiluted love of God for you. We sang earlier, now I have come into your family, for the Son of God has died for me. O oh Lord, such peace. I am as loved by you as I could be. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Some songs make us sing. Others make us silent. We sing with joy because of our punishment being taken away. We're silent in peace because of the Father's love. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, I want to say something directly to you for a moment. There's a lot of joy in the room tonight as we sing gospel songs. But it's not mere exuberance over great music. It's a joy rooted in a great truth that when Jesus died on the cross, he took away our punishment by taking it upon himself. And he turned back the enemy of death. And the peace we know and always need to grasp more deeply is because we have a father who delights in us. This joy and peace are not obtained by escaping reality with great music, but by receiving a new reality. Such that when the music's gone, the joy and peace can remain. That joy and that peace, it's not automatic, but it is available to you tonight. All that we've seen in Zephaniah 3 is for those who trust in the name of the Lord. What do I mean by that? I mean believing that Jesus died on the cross to bear your sin, that he's taken away your punishment by taking it upon himself. You don't have to do anything but trust in him for forgiveness. And when you do that, you become one of his children. And like any child, you don't have to earn or repay his love. It's simply yours forever because you're forgiven and one of his children he delights in you. There's nothing to stop you putting your trust in him tonight. He can be yours, you can be his. You simply call out to God and say, Lord, I've rebelled against you and I'm sorry. I believe Jesus died on the cross to take away my punishment. Please forgive me for my sin and make me one of your children. And then because of the truth of your new reality, joy and peace will begin to flow. If you want to find out more about these sorts of things, you can come back to church. Every Sunday is a good Sunday to come. Uh, Looking ahead a bit, our next Christianity Explored course, that starts in September. Um, That's a seven-week course uh, where we have a meal and we um, look at who Jesus is and why he came and what it means to follow him. If you'd like to be contacted close to the time about that, uh, the white news sheet that you received on the way in, Pete mentioned the tear-off slip, fill in your details, just write Christianity Explored on it, hand it to one of us with a badge, and we'll be back in touch closer to the time. Uh, but all that's quite a long way off. If you want to respond uh, sooner in some way, I'm going to have some copies of this book, The Real Jesus, um, on the door. Just come and say to Pete, uh, we'll have some as well, Peter Rye, um, that you'd like one of those, and we'll give you uh, one of those. Something now I'd like to say um, to all here who are Christians, but it's also good to hear um, if you're not. And it's about how we who are Christians are to think of ourselves kind of as a group. When a group of people start singing the same song together, you know what they're called? 
a choir. And when a group of people start celebrating together the joyful news of sins forgiven through Jesus, you know what they're called? Church. The church isn't just an an historic institution. It's a group of people joined together by a common love for Jesus. That's the church. Christians, when when we are what we should be, we will have hearts deeply, robustly happy because of what the Lord has done for us. That doesn't mean we won't weep. It doesn't mean we won't weep. But it means when we weep, we will rejoice together through our tears as we sing and remind each other of our new reality. Sins forgiven, death defeated, and the certain hope of an eternal life without all that messes up this one. That's the church. Not a dry old institution, a group of people bound together by a common love. And as we gather week by week, we fall silent to hear from the Bible the song of God's love for us, the song that stills our fears and quiets our restless hearts. That's the church. It's a great thing to be part of. Singing the same song of joy and falling silent under the same song of love. It's a brilliant thing to be part of. I love being part of this church. Some songs make us sing, others make us silent, but songs are just a momentary reprieve from the realities of life, and God wants to give us a new reality that delivers lasting joy and peace, and it's for all who trust in the name of the Lord. One of the greatest films of all time, that's um, quite a setup. I think one of the greatest films of all time is The Shawshank Redemption. And uh, there's a great scene in, I've got some support over here. Very good, well done. Good taste. And there's a scene in that film um, where um, the main character, one of the prisoners, um, finds himself in the, in the offices of the prison guards. Um, and uh, he notices that he has a record player and a box of records and access to the microphone that is linked to every speaker around the prison. And he sees his opportunity, closes and locks the doors, and knowing this will get him in a lot of trouble, he picks out a, a record that is a beautiful piece of, of opera, Italian opera, and he puts it on the record player, he sets it playing, he gets the microphone, switches on all of the speakers around the prison in every room, in the cafeteria, in the kind of exercise yard, and he sets the mic live. And then you see all around the prison, in every room, people stopping what they're doing and turning and staring at the speaker. And as people stare and look, this, this music soars around the prison and everyone is captivated. And then you have the voiceover of the narrator, another one of the prisoners, played by Morgan Freeman. Very tempted to do the, the voice, but I won't. Um, I'll spare you from that. But this is, this is what he says. He says, I have no idea to this day what those two Italian ladies were singing about. Truth is, I don't want to know. Some things are best left unsaid. I like to think they were singing about something so beautiful it can't be expressed in words and makes your heart ache because of it. I tell you those voices soared higher and farther than anyone in the great place dares to dream. Then here's the line, here's the line. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made the walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man at Shawshank felt free. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made those walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man at Shawshank felt free. A song that can make prisoners feel free. That's an amazing thought. But did you notice that problem there again? It was only for the briefest of moments. 
Then the guards break down the door, stop the music, and reality set back in. Jesus, on the other hand, if I can borrow those words, has flapped into our drab little world, caged up by sin and death, and by dying on the cross, he's made those walls dissolve away, setting us truly free. Not for the briefest of moments, but for the fullness of eternity. A new reality, friends. A joy and peace that need never go, and it's there for the taking for anyone who will put their trust in the name of the Lord. Have you done that? If not, let nothing stop you. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for Jesus, our Emmanuel, our God with us who came to take our punishment upon himself. Please would we all know more and more deeply the joy and peace that come through him and his death on the cross for us. And would this be a church that delights in you as you delight in us. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.